That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man that used to be known as JC, but now he's known as Tugboat Red. That's what I'm going to call you from now on, Tugboat Red. <laughs> so we had a little uh, knocker viewing party of Survivor Series, and thank God, or else I probably would have been asleep halfway through. And uh, I had some of my Tugboat Red wine from upstate New York, uh, where I went to college. And those boys are fascinated by it. So uh, no, 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 no. So, so here's so let me let me set the scene here. So we're all we're all in our little FaceTime, little gimmick, whatever we're doing. And all of a sudden, Josh leaves, and we're you Ooh. know we're we're bullshitting whatever. And I, I, maybe you had it off screen or something. But you know you have your you have your guys. No, I did. I got up and got it. Yeah. So yeah, you needed to be watching that fucking show. Well, you had to walk around for a little bit. But yet you get there, you get there, and you're you're watching things with your buds and whatever. And all of a sudden, into the screen comes uh you know I'm I'm. A JC with a big grin, and he's like doing the Damien Sandow swirl with this red wine while the other guys are drinking beers and whatever else. And I'm just sitting there and I'm staring at it. And they're just, he's like, What is that? What is that? Tugboat Red. He called it Tugboat Red. So now he is Tugboat That's what Red. It's called folks. Tugboat Red. It's delicious. It's good shit. If you ever go up to New York, you should stop by the Lucas Vineyards because it's one of my favorite ones. But Nestlemania, speaking of buying shit. There's some big news on tpublic.com slash jobberknocker this week. You are absolutely correct. Our boy TJ, the man that does everything, also does tpublic store for himself. He does everything himself. Um, so there is a huge Black Friday sale going on tpublic.com slash jobberknocker for 35%. That's 3-5, not 1-5, not 2-5, 3. 1-2-3, 3-5%, 35% off. Get everything. I know JC just picked up some merchandise. It does go a long way and it helps us. And obviously there's some sweet gear there. Uh, I, You know, I'm... I love the JKP. I think that's my favorite design so far. I got that in orange with white print. Oh my god, it is fire! But I'm also today I'm wearing my uh, Leap the Dolphin. Leap shirt, the Dolphin so. from Billy D. Yeah, I feel a like a lot of stuff this week left the Dolphin in WWE. <laughs> yeah, so. well, or somebody laid an egg. But we should get right into it, folks. Uh, but definitely check out you know, on, especially you know, I think she, he he said the rest of the month there's a sale as well. So keep that in mind as well. Um, but let's get into Survivor Series or Survivor Shit Series or whatever you want to talk about this. It was a uh, a marathon, by the way. Went yeah, so it was weird for a pay-per-view that it was probably a little over three hours, which most of them are. It really felt long just because and now like you, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it was a good show, blah, blah. And like there were parts like, yeah, there's always good wrestling in WWE on these events. Like they're they have some of the best, if not the best performers in the world going out there. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good that. But they're just we've been talking about this for weeks. None of this shit makes any sense. And there's no reason. It's a giant exhibition. Like none of this has lasting power. Nothing comes out of it. The only thing that came out of Survivor Series is this fucking golden egg storyline, which we're going to get to. But I mean, they started off with a fucking like whimper on the pre-show. First of all, they're putting Priest and Nakamura on the pre-show. I was like, oh, this would be a great wrestling bout. Nope. Fucking bullshit with Boog strumming his guitar. Priest gets DQ'd. Who the fuck cares? What a waste of time. Do you think that I'm curious how you feel about this? Because for me, I, I don't mind it as much. At least it's a device for Damian Sandow to lose his shit. When I was looking at it, go, Damian, not Damian Sandow, excuse me, I, Damian, Damian Priest, excuse me, Freudian slip, Damian Priest to lose his shit in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but I just, I don't know. I was disappointed by it because I thought like, it's one of those things like, I understand why they're doing it and I understand why they moved to the pre-show because of that, but I was just like in a card where I wasn't looking forward to much. I was, this thing had literally no build to it. I was like, man, this is a matchup we've never seen. And we haven't really seen Nakamura actually extended in a while, but we know he's an incredible wrestler. I thought him and Priest Styles would have played well off each other. But I just, I guess for me personally, it just fell flat. But it's like, again, I get like the booking, why they do it. Cause they're really trying to put this thing with Priest has this light and dark side. And it's like flipping up the switch. Like he's the cool guy, but then he's the badass, but then he's a the fucking bully. So again, I get it, but it's just like, I don't know. To me, it just it, it was just disappointing, like a lot of this shit was. Yeah, a lot of it was, but I, I will say this much. At least Nakamura, for up, up until the ending, it didn't bother me. I think the ending is what everybody remembers anyway, but it, I don't think it was really that bad. I thought that 
at least it made me go, hey, this is fun. And then, of course, the ending happened and somebody smashed their guitar. So, it, you know, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth for sure. But that's why they put it on the pre-show. I think you're right. I think that they put it on the pre-show because they knew they weren't going to be able to deliver for the fans. And it's really just, it was an appetizer for the rest of the night, honestly. Yeah, you got the main course of Pizza Hut later. We'll get to that. But uh, mm-hmm. kicking off the show um, was Becky and Charlotte Flair. I thought this match was really good. Again, didn't have, this one probably had a little extra oomph than most of them because of what's been going on with saying these incidents and blah, blah, blah between Becky and Charlotte. So they had a nice video package. I think it was on SmackDown or whatever to hype it and whatever. But still, at the same time, it's like, what are we getting out of this? I did. I personally like the finish because it was Becky, like, outsmarting Charlotte, like, doing the same thing Charlotte tried to do and not getting caught like Charlotte did. But I thought overall, this was probably, in terms of, I don't know, I had more fun with other matches, but this was probably the best wrestling match of the night, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say that a wrestling match for Survivor Series is going to be a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying ever there's a Survivor Series match that goes, well, that's a good wrestling match. It's never. It's just got all the way. Um, so you're probably right in that aspect. I will say two things very quickly. First off, um, if you go back and you watch the uh, exclusive where she cut a promo afterwards, I don't know if you saw this, JC, but the exclusive, she broke down into tears because it was like, you know, either, either she's a really good actress, which I doubt, or yeah, this she's is really real, good, man. You know? She's really good. But it was, it was, it was like, you know, looking at that and it made me, she's like, it made me so sad that I wanted to rip her throat out. Like, that's my best friend. We got into a car accident together and now we can't even talk. Like that, she's like, that shouldn't happen. And she just started crying and walked off. And that was, you know, I'm sure part of it's real because you got to feel something for it to feel something. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So, it, but that was, if you go back and check it out, I'm sure it's on Twitter, you know, anywhere. It's everywhere. Um, so that's a good promo to watch because it, at least the emotional value was there. Secondly, I think JC and I are going to get into a little bit of a sparring session today because of this particular moment. But the ending bothered me very much because the referee was one, two, Oh my God, you're holding on to the rope. And then she flips and then Becky does it. And then he like basically slides underneath everybody. So he can't see that Becky's holding on to the rope. It was ridiculous. He was was in. So hold on, hold on, hold on. You're in position to see that, but you're not in position to see that one. Come on. He got in position to make sure the shoulders were down. So that's why it's it's one of those things. It's just like in football. It was absolutely stupid. If the referee's looking at the feet, he's not looking at the hands to juggle that's why they have two officials. One official watches the feet to make sure they're in. The other one watches the hands to make sure they're in it. It's the same thing. It's not the football. Referee needed, the referee needed four eyes. He needed to be able to he see. He can wear glasses. The on the mat and see that. Ha ha. Very funny. You said four eyes. You said I know. Ha 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 ha. No, it just it's, it is what it is. It's erroneous. Erroneous. Becky went up there. Becky went up there. She outsmarted it. it was yeah, a great but the referee finish. made it look it. stupid. The referee made it look stupid. You're just mad because you probably picked Charlotte like a fucking chooch. I did not pick Becky. I think yeah, I lost. so that's why you're mad. No, that's that, why you're mad. No, that's no, no. why you're mad. No, it's because not we're catching up to you. I'm coming. Nobody can stop me. I think, I think coming, the Joe baby. Stopper might beat me before yeah, he beats me you. Me and the Joe Stopper are coming for you. I think TJ's I'm gonna up jump there too. Over him too. Listen, listen, yeah, listen. We're all coming for I would just you're like to say, I would just like to say in the predictions that I'm kind of the elevator. I think anybody that comes near me just really elevates their game. I'm just saying, you know. How'd that work out for you last year when Ray Ray clapped them cheeks? Excuse me? Clap them cheeks? Never heard that, man. You really aren't hip. Listen, really aren't. listen. I have two kids, and I don't sleep. In about fifteen years, you're going to be hip with what they know because I they're going to be older. I hope not. <laughs> and they're going to be like dropping all these. I've things never and... been hip in my life, so it ain't going to well, start now. You've known me a very long time. Yeah. Anyway, no, that is true. But the referee out of position. Let's move on to something else that we can talk about because I'm going to get angry in about three minutes. I <sighs> well, the five on five men's match. Um, I did like what they did with KO. It was similar to what they did with Rollins last year. With Rollins, obviously last year sacrificed himself. This year, KO and Rollins argue about who's starting the match. KO starts the match and there's like a few leaves gets counted out and that's it for KO. I, I think that was the best part of the match, and then I, I just didn't care about the rest of it. I thought it was nice to see Austin Theory get a real showing. I was going to say, for yeah. me, he was the star of the match because he's one of those guys, and we talk about it all the time, and it's part of the reason why we love the riddles and these guys. There's certain guys that just, their characters, like, no matter what they are, even if they're background, they, like, add something to it. And every time something happened in that corner, Austin Theory was reacting with his ridiculous facial expressions, and he was just adding something to the match at all times. So, for me, that's why he was the MVP of this match. Obviously, Rollins was the sole survivor after a lot of eliminations and shit. We don't even need to really run through. Um, but I thought Austin Theory, it was... 
I like the decision to put them in this ma- in this match because I think for a young guy, it's a chance to really highlight them and really make a crowning moment, kind of like they did with Keith Lee. Um, but I loved it for Theory because I think he was the second-to-last Raw member too, so it was there throughout pretty much the whole match, but I thought this was an awesome showing for him. I just want to throw this out there for you because I'm interested in... in uh, everybody makes a joke with me about how I want stakes for everything and all that other stuff, but all joking aside, if you watch a Survivor Series match and you say to somebody, okay... Not just the survivors that win, but I'm talking specifically if there's one person to make this very hard, and they did it with Bianca, they did it with Seth. But if you say to somebody, if there is only one sole survivor, that person gets something. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would at, le- at least... 100%. Because then I think it's one of more of like a strategic thing that's like, oh, I could fuck over this guy on my team and this guy, and then maybe I could maybe I could get past those two on the other team, and maybe I'd be by myself, and i get myself a shot somewhere down the line. I think like... Adding that in, like, in general, as like a, hey, remember, in case of emergency, if you win. Not that it always has to happen, but I just, uh, I think that would be an interesting little nugget because when we're watching these things, I mean, we're watching them, but there's no reason to watch the wrestling. We were all bullshitting and having a good time, you know, watching these long-ass matches in their 10-minute entrances. So oh, That was the best part. No, it's not. No, but I, I will say for Survivor Series, I think the winning team, everyone should get some, whether it's like you five are automatically in the Royal Rumble. And if you're the sole survivor, well, you get a title shot whenever you choose. Obviously, Seth already has that, but it's just, they could do it easily or they could just do what they've done in the past where they had like GM battles be like, you get one favor for me. You get a favor at some point. You can cash in whenever you want, no matter what it is, whether it's a title shot or this or that. Because I think I I used to love that because it was always like it was like five mini money in the banks. Like it's just like you never know when they're going to pop up and you can plug and play them or use them. Usually have the one guy who's brash and uses it right away and usually it backfires. So this like I think it could be that simple, like winning team, you get something of your choosing. Whether it's a title match, whether it's an entry in the Royal Rumble, whether it's this, whether it's that, it's it's simple. Like it, it's such a simple concept, but instead they're just like you get bragging rights. Yeah, it's bad. It's absolutely hey, bad. Well, I will say this, Nestle. The next match had stakes because if you won, apparently you won all the pizza. Um, my favorite match of the night, and I'm not even kidding by saying this because I've had the most fun watching this match, and that was the fucking. Rock 25 man battle royal where Omas just fucking destroyed everyone. My boy Ricochet was the runner up. He had a great showing. Obviously, they had the haha after the match with the Street Profits stealing the pizza and flinging in the crowd. And Omas getting mad because the big man was hungry. He just ate 10 people and threw them over the ropes. He wanted to eat some food to put in that belly. But I mean, you can say what you want about battle royals. I'm always a fan of them because they're usually just like nonsense and bodies flying everywhere and you get a chance to really like you get little moments with pretty much everyone in the match like it just it highlights a lot of people which i always enjoy that stuff so for me i had the most fun watching this and i love seeing omas win i did love the tiger war with aj styles i thought that was hilarious that was I, thought, I thought that that again if aj styles isn't gonna win i thought aj styles was gonna wait to the end and then springboard and do something he went in the middle of the match which, which is fine but i just i really enjoyed watching that that battle royal because it was it was a much needed palate cleanse because I felt like the night was kind of like all over the place. And at least that like as, as you know, minuscule and kind of eh, as, as, as a battle Royal normally can be, at least it made us feel like, Oh, Hey, like, Oh, well, Amos and AJ are the stars of this entire thing. And maybe the street profits. And of course it carried over to Monday night and that and works. Ricochet. So. Well, Ricochet. I forgot about pew, 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 pew. How many pew, pew, pews can we get in a pew, pew, pew church? Pew, 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 oh, pew, pew, pew. Love him. I know you do. You want a moment? He's one of my favorites. He legit is one of my favorites. I can't help it. Da, and da, the da, fact da. that we we get him in such small doses, like when I do see him, I have to go over the moon for it. Because, what, you know? what exactly is he reaching for? Uh, the sky. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, Avia Bradley. All right, so here we go. Moving on. Uh, I think we have RK Bro versus the Usos, which, again, we talked about a good wrestling match. This was a good wrestling match as well. I, I always pop for a good Randy Orton RKO finish. I thought that was a, a, an interesting way for the Usos to lose. But yep. the Uso splash RKO, great timing. And uh, I was more impressed with Monday, but this was definitely an impressive showing for the RK bro. Because we already know the Usos. We are. It's like, unfortunately, the Usos continuously have great matches. So it's it's almost like if they don't, somebody must be under the weather. Yeah, and RK bro definitely needed this more because we talked about like they've just kind of fizzled through no fault of their own because they just hadn't really had them defend the titles and they haven't been using them as much as they were before. So this was a nice little thing. It wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but... It was, it was a solid match, and the right team won. But next up, WrestleMania, we have your probably match of the year, and that is the Survivor Series woman, five-on-five. WrestleMania, five. tell me why it was your match of the year. I got to tell you, if we we're talking in, like, Bizarro land, sure, it's the my favorite match of the year. Because this match took far too long, 
far too long for eliminations and far too long in general. All of these women are great individually when they're on one-on-one matchups. Even some of these are great in tag matches. But this match did make no it made no goddamn sense. Basically, it was, it was too long. It was too it was long. Way too long. I think here's the thing. It killed if there was any momentum, it squashed it in the night. And again, I don't believe this 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 highlighted to me everything wrong about Survivor Series for me. It made me feel like why are these people fighting? But they're not really fighting. And then they're kind of half-assing it when they're in the match. Most of them were half-assing it because it's a, you know, five on five. So I just thought it went way too long. And obviously we had to get everybody on one side so that Bianca could just train wreck through the rest of them. But it just, it was rough. Like, to me, a sole survivor doesn't matter anymore. Like, it doesn't. Like, it was cool. I think it's a but. cool thing to put on the resume because, like, I do. Like, that is one thing. Like, that's probably the biggest thing Dolph Ziggler's done recently in the last five years was that. Uh, the Keith Lee one, obviously, he wasn't the sole survivor. But I feel like there's those are, like, something that you can put it on a resume and it's impressive because, yeah, it usually doesn't get you anything, but neither did, I mean – Zelina won King of, Queen of the Ring. That doesn't get her anything except for like a crown. You know what I mean? I think it's of that ilk where it's one of those, it's like, I call it the Corbin special. It's like, he wins everything that is in the title. So I think that for me, I think it's a big deal. I think right now for Bianca, obviously they're trying to keep her away from Becky for a bit um, before they probably put her back there. So they're just trying to keep her being like, yeah, look at, she's still dominant. We just, we can't do Bianca Becky for a year straight. So um, I was, it, it was what it was like. I don't need to remember that match because, like you said, it was it just it was a mess. It was too long, but at least when we look back in the annals of history, we'll see. Oh yeah, uh, Bianca was still survivor. Cool, you said I did. <laughs> it was on purpose because that was uh yeah. But uh, next up, we have the main event, and uh, Roman Reigns pinned Biggie clean. The end. No Rock, no Brock, no nothing. Just Reigns pinning Biggie clean. Thoughts? I mean, you knew this was the result, so it's hard for me to kind of get behind it. I'm surprised it was super clean. You know, but. I look at it this way. What else was going to happen? You know, was there going to yeah, be chicanery? It was one of those things. Yeah, I was, it was one of those things. It was like Roman Reigns, he's won majority of his matches clean, but he has won some where like he pins them clean, yes, but it's off a distraction or something. So I just thought they'd do something here to protect Big E a little bit because, I mean, we had Dom, I thought, was bringing up good points of this. It's like, it's just... It's so fresh with Big E and he's and the new champions, especially baby faces. You've got to, it's you obviously had the big win against McIntyre. That was nice to see. But like since then, it's just kind of like he hasn't looked great. And then on Monday, like the way he had to win, it just wasn't. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's one of those things like you really want him to be dominant, especially because WWE has done such a good job the past year with their WWE champions with Reigns and Lashley, where it's like they're unbeatable. And Biggie's a guy that like he he looks like he could be unbeatable too. So I mean, again, losing to Reigns it doesn't really hurt you, but it was just one of those things. I thought there'd be a little bit of protection for him in some way, but there wasn't. It is what it is, and uh, yeah, is I, what I, it is. I think the hardest part is that, and it might be the babyface thing, it may not be, but he's not the center of Raw. Like you build yeah, SmackDown, no, you build SmackDown around Roman Reigns, the Usos, Paul Heyman, even Kayla as a like a inside joke for like Paul Heyman to say things. Just everybody that touches the re- the island of relevance, relevancy. Wow, that was hard to say. Um, it it's Roman Reigns' show, and I know that goes with part of the gimmick. But you'd think at some level there would be an, a concerted effort to just look at Big E and say we're gonna make Big E the focal point of Raw. Right now, in my opinion, the focal point of Raw is Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. And I'm not just saying that because they're together, but I'm saying like yes, that's what it I feels agree. like. I definitely agree. And I, I will say, I think Big E and KO are like main theme adjacent because sure. obviously they're intertwined a lot with Seth. But it, it, it's definitely, since those two have come to Raw, like we knew Becky was, it was going to be like Becky and someone else. And I mean, Seth has just been, he, Seth is on fire right now, for lack of a better term. He's literally flames everything he's doing. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why they rushed into this quote unquote Biggie Seth feud. Plus I, they also knew they could milk it with like survivor series and stuff coming up. It's just, I think it's one of those things that I think just keep Biggie around him. And I think it's, he's still there, but it's one of those things where he's like, he does, he does need to have some dominant victories here mixed in. And like on Monday, he obviously didn't have the dominant victory. He won by distraction too. So that's why it was, that. that's what made survivor series even tougher for me is that if he would have came on Monday and just won clean with against Austin theory, just boom, boom, boom. Then I would have been like, okay, Sunday. Yeah. He also tribal chief, but he got his shit back. Yeah. He won on Monday. And then the record books, if you watch on paper, yeah, it was clean, but it's like, you need a fucking theory from the pin Austin theory. 
It's just, it's tough for me. It's tough. And it's one of those things. Like, I get it, but it's, it's a tough sell for me. I guess that's pretty much uh, Survivor Series. Obviously, we didn't talk about the egg. I don't know if you want to talk about it now or if you want to talk about it in a bit, but uh, it was a thing. I just, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't, I liked how the egg, like, resulted in stuff that kind of, like, mattered. But it just, like, for me, I think you tweeted it. Like, it was, like, the, it's like the 24-7 title adjacent, which it kind of, kind of was. And, like, it's, I don't know. I just, I thought it was lame anyways to begin with so it just like i it doesn't do much for me i don't know if you have really no, i just to talk I, about I, it. I i think it added a lot of questions and then like you know people were upset when it was austin theory that took the but i i actually here's the thing i didn't mind that it was austin theory i thought it was funny i liked that you know because here's the thing here's the thing we hear we don't know because we, we're speculating we don't know anything but they want young new stars they want main event caliber young stars and when you say that out loud the first person that comes to mind is Austin Theory, for me, as in like he's up there, super young, super talented, hasn't been really touched in NXT that much. So you know what, he's he's the guy they're looking for. Whether he is exactly that, we'll find out over time. But last night was a very good measuring stick to see how he did. And for me, I think as a character, he does really well. I think as an in-ring performer. He does very well. I mean, he's not going to be the champion anytime soon, but you can tell that Vince McMahon likes him. You can tell yeah. that people like working with him, you know? So it's like he's respectful enough, I'm sure, now that he's got a little bit of experience underneath him. So you know what? I think it's okay. I mean, I, I, if it was Brock, who gives a shit? If it was The Rock, okay, great. But they didn't even bother with Survivor Series even having The Rock do a, a roll-in or anything. And I think, and I'm curious how you feel about that because for me, it's more of a, you you you. You know, you give all the great ones for moments. You, you talk about the Battle Royal being 25 years of The Rock, all this bullshit. The egg was given by The Rock, yada, yada. It's $100 million. But what exactly are you getting? Are you just rubbing up against The Rock at this point? I think it was one. Obviously, Red Notice was a sponsor of Survivor sure. Series. That's why they did it. I I mean, I was standing on the Zoom all night. I didn't think he was showing up. I thought if it was anything, it was going to be Brock. But the egg thing, I mean, I, I again, like I said, I didn't care about it, but I liked the way they did it because I thought Sami Zayn was a fucking MVP with all this shit um, and having theory play off him and Vince, I thought, thought that was a very good way to wrap it up. It's just, I didn't care about how we got there, but yeah, I guess we're in the shine now. I'll say my MVP of the week was Sami Zayn. I liked, I thought theory did really well too. Again, I thought this was a big week for theory. That's, this is what I look for when you have survivor series, especially when you have no stakes, like who are we fucking elevating? And obviously Bianca like got an elevation. She's already elevated. Same thing with Seth. Those guys are already elevated, but to me, Austin theory, this was a huge week for him because, like you said, in WWE, sometimes, like, yeah, he's young. He's not going to be a main event champion anytime soon, but it's like you got to test the waters at some point. So, they're like, you know, what? we're going to throw you in there in the main event with the WWE champion, see how you do. We know this kid's good in the ring. We know his character's fun, but how does he perform in a main event against the guy with everyone watching? And I thought he passed the test. I thought he passed the test in Survivor Series. I thought he passed the test in all these backstage segments. So, for him, like, it's, it's onward and upward with him. He's going to get better and better. He's probably going to be a, a mid-card champion sooner rather than later. Probably hold that thing for a while, you know, really then start to elevate himself even more. Like, and that's, that I think is the biggest shine for me from Survivor Series weekend is Austin Theory's ascension to where he is going. That's fair. I do. I want to do speak very quickly about Sami Zayn. I think as if we are on the shine to me, I said that on Twitter, but it's, it's worth repeating now, but Sami Zayn is so good. His character is so good because he can lose. And it adds to his character. He wins. It adds to his character. I think he's so good at finding ways to just be coming back into something. Like he just, it's like a cockroach, but it's a good way of being a cockroach where it's just, he shows up on your TV screen. You roll your eyes here. He gives you a visceral reaction, whether you laugh, whether you cry, whether you get upset. He does something for you and you're annoyed by him. You're physically annoyed by him. And uh, he does a great job with that character. So for me, I think in a land filled of people who are, you know, really good at their jobs, but lack certain things, I think it's good to call somebody out on the carpet and be like, Sami Zayn is doing great work. Like, he's obviously a good wrestler. We know that. But in terms of the character work, there's a reason why they put him with Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Like, that another thing, you know, like, not just once, but twice. You know what I mean? Like, they... He likes playing off of assholes, so it it worked really well. I thought Vince did a great job being like, you know, 
nobody likes a snitch, you know, all that other stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought it worked really well. I thought it, and he, he, he deserves a lot of credit. Well, I'll say this. And I, I mean, it's something that I've always thought about for a long time. Cause obviously like Sammy's big thing, like we always knew he could wrestle, like you said, but it was like, how does this character translate? Obviously he was the happy baby face, the wah wah. And we're like, can he really be the full package to me? Sami Zayn has developed into the perfect WWE superstar because there is nothing he can't do. He is the ultimate plug and play, no matter where it is on the card. He can play off literally any character perfectly, or he can do it by himself. He's just, he's so good and everything about him. He's a, he adapts constantly. Think of how many different iterations of like this similar conspiracy character we've had, but he's always finding a way to evolve. He finds something that works. He digs into it. And like you said, in between the Dane, Dane, Danes, like he's one of the best. So for me, like uh, he's, he's always an MVP. We've seen it on SmackDown the last few years. Like he has been a staple of that show. He's consistent when he's on your screen. He's good. There's not too many guys like that. Um, I think the Miz is a guy who's always good when he's on TV, but the one thing Sammy has over the Miz is obviously Sammy's one of the best wrestlers where the Miz is fine, but he's not Sammy Zayn. So yeah, this is Sammy Zayn's the man. I I'm excited that he's really hit his stride because like I said, I think he's one of the best guys they've got because he can do anything. But to me, WrestleMania, as we move along in the shine, I was excited for new women's tag team champions, uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella, obviously, Zelina has the most momentum she's ever had in her career. Her and Mella, like, it's an annoying pairing, but it works. And I kind of dig them together because I think both characters kind of work together. Um, it makes sense. And those women's tag team titles have been ice cold because there's been no one for Rhea and Nikki to fight. Never mind their babyface champions. And I mean, Nikki's character is literally built for the chase, not for the championship. So I like that they really like have dug in to being like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't got to beat Rhea. We only have to beat Nikki. And then they did because now like, boom, you're knocking them back down to the underdog thing and they can tear apart Nikki. And it's one of those things. Now you've made this feud where if you would have had Zelina and Mella chase for a while and eventually win. It wouldn't be as good, but now you can have them feud with Nikki and Rhea trying to win them back. So to me, I think this is just positives across the board. I thought the moment was cool for both these women because obviously Zelina, like the first eight or nine months of this year, she did nothing but lose. Um, and obviously she lost her job at some point and has come back. So I think it's incredible that her journey, and I love seeing her win Queen of the Rain. I love seeing her now to getting this. And I think Mel is the perfect person for her to be with. So to me, this was probably my favorite like moment of the week. Wow, that's strong. That's very yeah, strong. I think it was. I, uh, I I saw it coming like a mile away, like the way it was set up. But I I laughed at the uh the it looked like Kane's mask when she wears it. It's like a it's like a mix between Jim Carrey's the mask and Kane's mask when I see it. Like it works. It's like a fruit roll up, like just plastered on her face. But hey, you know it is what it is, and it works fine. I just here's here's what it is like. I have to mute those matches because her screaming. Does something to they my both scream. That's the best part. Like, That's why I say it's like an, an annoying because it's just like they're like, yeah, they have like two of the shrillest screams. But again, they're heels, so it runs like it runs it down works. my spine. Like it, 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 just, <laughs> it just sounds like somebody steps on a cat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's awful. But hey, good for them. They they deserve it. Obviously, they've done a great job with what they're doing. And obviously, I mean, the queen thing deserves some type of elevation. So congratulations. Yeah. It, it it works. Um, something that I wanted to specifically highlight because I thought it was interesting was Rollins not wrestling but beating the shit out of Balor. Like mm-hmm. that's it, and I don't necessarily want to like talk too much about it in terms of like having a long discussion, but I do want to point out that it feels like we know that Seth Rollins needs to get his you know his his momentum going because I assume day one the new pay per view is going to be Big E and Seth Rollins at some point. I would think they'll they'll announce it. But I'm curious like what Balor is doing because it feels as if they might have had plans for him, but he feels like a welcome mat. He feels like he just gets stomped on over and over cuz he's the cool guy with 17 abs and a jacket, you know? It, it it makes me feel like I do feel sympathy for the guy and I think that's what his job is. But at what point am I watching this and being like how can I invest in this guy anymore? Well, I think if you look at Raw in general, it's a heel-dominated show where it's just like 
Lashley doesn't lose. KO's actually been winning. Seth has been getting things over. Theory's been going on. It's just one of those things where it's like, you look at your baby faces. Big E is obviously one. He's a champion. Number two is Finn Balor, and he's losing all these top heels. And number three is Rey Mysterio, who's getting beat down to handicap by match by Bobby Lashley. So for me, I think I think Finn has a very cemented role on Raw, where he is that like number two baby face. The problem is right now, they have so many heels they're trying to like give momentum to and give things to that. Yeah, you're right. Finn is the welcome mat. And I think it's all so it's just setting it up like i love this statement by seth rollins because that's what i think it was it was a statement to be like i'm a fucking heel appreciate it i'm gonna run through whatever i have to do and honestly i'll say this because i think they're gonna slow play the fuck out of seth biggie i don't think we're getting seth biggie until the royal rumble so what i think they're going to do is i think the day one is going to biggie biggie versus kevin owens for the championship and seth will face finn like in a match. I, I think that's the way they might book it. That's what it felt like to me. Cause what are we three or four weeks away from, or probably four or five weeks away from that. So maybe not that stuff might happen in between. And then maybe we do eventually, but KO is also lurking around this. So I'm like Seth Finn, like a mini feud before he goes for the title. Wouldn't be the worst thing. Cause those matches, we know those guys have great chemistry. Um, hopefully they just don't do any outside uh, little tosses into the barricade. Uh, Cause then Finn would be RIP, but, yeah, uh, exactly. but no, I, to me, I just think it's a nice, it's a nice way to mix and match. Cause we know Seth is the number one contender, but they really, and I think they're doing a good job of it, need to take advantage of this KO contract thing because people are invested in it. Whether he's staying or whether he's going, lean into that shit because I think it's a like it's a big deal. Like I'm not saying you can book it exactly like the CM Punk thing at Money in the Bank, but it's one of those things. It's like if KO gets a title shot right before he leaves, like, oh my God, can he what you you know, it's not that you run back that storyline, but I think it has that type of feel where I think it's an added element that is just been naturally created that you take advantage of even if you know if the guy's leaving milk that cow for everything he's got before he leaves you you know what i mean like dry him out because he's obviously a stud so i actually i really like how they're booking this we'll see week to week i think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with it but i like a lot of the moving parts with all these guys yeah it is definitely very interesting but i, I do feel like you're, you're saying Valor's a number two babyface, but it, maybe he is. I don't know. I did. Who, who is this? Uh, to me, it's Big E, it's Balor, it's Mysterio. Everyone else is a heel. And then Priest, you can kind of try to argue he's a babyface, sure, yeah. but he's also kind of a heel. No, you're you're absolutely right. I just I was looking through everything that happened on Raw. I mean, I would say Randy and Riddle are up there, but maybe they're in yeah, but they're league. in a different division. They're yeah. they're not singles competitors right now. They're in the tag division. Yeah, it's true. It's just hard because I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if I like that though. I really don't know if I like it. Well, I think part of it is because it has to be unbalanced because SmackDown, you kind of have to make more babyface heavy because you need people to feed to the tribal chief. Right, exactly. So you just, all your bet, you can't have all these dominant heels on SmackDown because there's one dominant heel. And then you can have like, you have guys like Sheamus who can dominate in like the mid card and maybe he'll, he'll probably get a shot at Reigns too. But it's like on Raw, it's like you have all these like main event heels with Lashley and Rollins and KO is a heel now. It's just like, cause you have the big dog on freaking SmackDown. So these guys got to be on the other show. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough to watch. Cause there's honestly, to me, there's not a lot to cheer for. You know, if you no, really and I, that, I think that's why to me that like, that's why I'm excited for Liv getting her shot now, because I think that's something we do have to cheer for whether we think she's going to win or not. I loved her punt like cold cock and Becky in the back there. Obviously that was all that really came out of that. But yeah, I mean the rest of it is just like, I think MVP is a savage. That comment that he made about Ray's wife was fucking great. Like heat magnet, man. MVP is so fucking good. We had like, he was gone for a little bit and Lashley was still good, but with Lashley with MVP is fucking great. And I love that handicap match. I loved what it did because it's continuing this little dissension between the Mysterios, even though they're not really showing it yet. Like we know that's where it's going and fucking Lashley continues to just fucking get his shit back, baby. Yeah. I absolutely love that. The handicap match because I felt like, it was the only match in the week where I forgot about wrestling and just enjoyed it. You know, I didn't have to, like, dissect it. I went, hey, they're making me remember how much I love this shit. So kudos to them. I wouldn't say it was the best match of the week. It was oh, an God, entertaining, no. but it was an entertaining match to make you go, everything was believable. Everything worked, you know, and, and I'm not a huge fan of Dominic, obviously. You can joke about the, the you know, the non-charismatic mop that he is, but... You know, in the in the ring, he does a decent enough job. You know, I'm assuming that his dad is politically amazing and gets his son in particular instances because that's what sons and, and dads do. They just work each other out. But, I mean, he also has the name, so he's going to get every opportunity. Sure, and, yeah, and Vince, but he's going to work Vince twice as hard. Vince he's, is going to love that. He's going to yeah, work twice he is. He's going to win over, like, the hot diehard fans. He's really going to have to work his ass off because, as we know, 
a lot, a lot more critical of those guys. So. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like we've talked about with Cody Rhodes and all that other stuff, but like, it's just, it's hard to be a second, third generation person in general. So I think he understands the scope of the situation, but Bobby Lashley, like when I watch him, I just think to myself, I never liked this guy. Not one bit. Like I didn't want him on my TV and to see how far he's come and make me think to myself every time, every time he's on my television, I want to watch. I want more too. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is we had like a lawn terrorizing rain with him. And like they gave him, this is the thing. This is why we've been really pumping that Drew McIntyre break. He took a very short break and came back and it still felt re-energized. And then you bring MVP and put him back next to him. And you're just like, there's not too many acts better in the wrestling world than these two as a fucking heel. Like it is just, it is perfection. Like it's just Bobby Lashley, obviously going to Bellator and impact and being out of WWE and kind of having to rework how he was and then coming back definitely was a big factor in him. But that decision, whenever it happened, however it happened to be like, whether it was MVP going or somebody going or someone's decision, putting MVP with Lashley is one of the greatest decisions in WWE history. Like legitimately, like it changed the course of how they booked him. He's become one of the best characters. I think you tweet about it, but man, Lashley versus Brock, you can do it at WrestleMania and have it be one of the main events, man. They don't need a fucking title. If you want to send out Gavintel, sure, but they don't need it to be one of the marquee matchups. And that's fucking awesome because it's something we've always wanted to see. But now it's like it can be like one of the marquees. Right. Like just and because Lashley is equivalent to Brock, in my opinion, the way he is. It would be great. And I would love if Brock, if uh, Lashley beat him, but who knows? I think here's the thing. I think that if the plan, they say, as you, you know, we try not to read any of the dirts, but. They say, you know, it's going to be Roman and Mac and Brock. To me, that's a disservice because yeah. I think if there's a there's a general consensus, like you, you put Roman Reigns over here, and I understand that. You put him up on a pedestal, whatever. That's fine. I get that. He deserves it. Brock is always an attraction. Whatever Brock does, people want to see. And Brock doesn't have a lot of those left. Maybe he's got five, maybe at the most, you know, WrestleManias or something. But I look at this and I think, when you look at Brock Lesnar, there's not too many other matches that you want to see Brock Lesnar in. You know what I mean? Like, And I mean that as like challengers that are new. Like, I want to see Brock. Done, and, he's faced a lot of people. I want to see. I def, everybody wants to see Brock and Lashley. That's number one. And I want to see, to a lesser extent, but still more than most things I see, Brock versus Riddle. You know? Like, oh. I think that'd be fucking hysterical. It would. But I also think when the red light's on and the bell rings, this could be Smash Mouth if you just let the goofball smash some people, you know? So I think it's, you know, Brock has the ability to elevate everybody anyway. So why not? I mean, both of those gentlemen would get immense experience just being in the ring, rubbing up against the guy. So for me, I'm excited for this. I think if you put Brock and Lashley at WrestleMania, I think this is an easy day one main event. Easy day one. Championship or not for me. Yeah, no, I think, I, like I said, I think it's one of the marquees. I don't know if it would main event because I think they'll probably do one men's one night, women's one night, but it's just one of those, it's like, it is a top four match on the card for sure, without a doubt. And looking at the rest of WrestleMania, I don't really have any other shine. I don't know if you do. No, not really, but we can get heady if you want to. Oh, wait, <laughs> I did want to say one thing very quickly. Um, we, can, can we, can, we can put in the heat. It's fine. Um, there's a lot of just not giving a shit. Like, yeah, that's heat. I know, I'm not, I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I just really quickly want to do the quick, the quick heats very quickly, or quick, quick job alerts. Naomi and Aaliyah lose a, a month. Well, Naomi lost screw job wise, it seemed right. And then yep. Aaliyah lost as well. Screw job wise, a kind of sort of, it's just like, eh, Jeff Hardy, Madcap Moss. Thanks for coming. Madcap Moss job alert. Shinsuke beat Angel job alert. That was all three, three job alerts in less than an hour. That was ridiculous for me on SmackDown. SmackDown in general to me was an entire waste of my time. As we talked about this, the Friday before, before a pay-per-view, might as well miss it because it does not matter to the equivalent of my importantness in viewing. Moving on to Raw. I mean, like to me, Tamina versus Belair? Like, what the fuck? That was a rerun, but it's just... it's. But then here's just... the other big thing, right? Dewdrop is part of what Natty and Tamina like. That's gonna fucking set the world on fire, right? Yeah, that was that was interesting because I'm thinking like, oh, uh, they must be setting up like a six woman at some point. Because obviously, I know a lot of people were getting mad about all these SmackDown stars being on Raw, and some people with Natty in particular. Natty's the one who makes sense because 
Sure, and Tamina were a tag team. So she's with her tag team partner, even though they're on different shows. So that one didn't bother me that much. And then also, they're in the same building they were last night. So they're all there. But I know that was something like, in terms of like heat this week, I know a lot of people were bitching about that. That shit actually didn't bother me for once. I thought for this night, it made sense. I just, I, I look at it like, and I you and I are going to agree on this anyway, but the uh, the evolution thing made made do drop look better. And then this to me is like a complete demotion in terms of like I I Natty has what she does. Natty's great. Tamina works very hard, but when you I think when you put those two together, that to me feels like a less than package with Dewdrop. Versus yeah, like the whole Eva was like at least newish for me, but I I think that like it just maybe uh, maybe I need some time. I mean maybe they're not even together, maybe they were just hugging I, for one thing. But. I was going to say I mean, I think demotion is strong because Yes, like she was a baby face against Eva Marie and she Eva put her over like seven times before she was let go. But like, I can't call it a demotion when your next program is with Bianca, who's been arguably be the hottest superstar in the company the past years. And she's going through a character change, but I'm like, if you're going to go through a character change like this, then you want to do it against one of the best. You know what I mean? So that's why it's tough to say a demotion. But yeah, no one's getting excited for that stable for sure. I Like I said, they're probably just setting up a, some sort of match. Maybe it's for day one or something just to get people on and another Bianca showcase. But I do thought I did because I think at the time I was caught very off guard with Dewdrop, but I can't call it a demotion because when you're working with Bianca, I think that's you're in a pretty good spot. That's fair. I was looking at it more like on her side character development-wise because maybe you need three women to beat Bianca Belair. Maybe that's the only way she can lose. I Probably don't know. do. You but know? that might not be enough because Bianca's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, if she can KD, it was a KOD all three KOD, at the same yeah. time, that'd be pretty impressive. I don't think she will, but... I don't think she could, but not Tamina and Dewdrop and Natty. That's a lot. Yeah, maybe maybe Zelina, Carmella, and Liv. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not that exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um... <sighs> There's just a lot that just makes me kind of like leave a bad taste in my mouth in general. But like, I'm curious how you feel about, well, I didn't mind AJ and Omos versus the Prophets. It was a fun match. But yeah, this, those like, guys are good together. But they just drag out like, it's just like a non sequitur and like there's a non finish and just extinguisher, which I'm sure will lead to some type of street fight or something for Christmas or something stupid. Like, I get it. But I, I look at that and I'm like, was it because they were holding the bag that people might have thought they had the egg? Like, was that what they were trying to do? Well, Montez kind of teased that, but I think it was also just like they, to me, I was like, oh, did they bring out more food? That's what I thought it was because obviously that was a thing last night. But yeah, this was, to me this week, this, this segment with these guys were in just filler status where it's like, we love these four guys. They're great together. We want to have them on TV. So we're going to just throw them out there. And to me, that's never great. But at the same time, it's like, well... They're four guys that I like and two teams that I really like. So it's one of those things where it's just like they make like a bad situation entertaining, but that doesn't mean it's a good segment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, doubt, I don't doubt it at all. I just, um, I am curious to see where this goes because it just doesn't feel right. And I know we're kind of in that second tier. I mean, we're happy to have a second tier tag team thing, but eh, yeah, it's what it is. All yeah, right. What else? So no, this is this is one of those things where it's like I didn't hate the segment, but it was just fucking hilarious because so Apollo Cruz answers the open challenge by Damian Priest by declining the open challenge by Damian Priest. It's just like so he just came out to talk to him and like Damian Priest is like I'm doing an open challenge, which means whoever comes out gets a title shot. Obviously they had fucking Aziz talking for him, which is hilarious. Uh, Guthrie, I know our boy popped for that, but it was just like he comes out to answer the open talent challenge and Priest is like oh let's go and he's like. Oh, no, I'm good. And it's just like, you just answered an open challenge to say you weren't going to take the open challenge, which then obviously we got Sammy, which I thought worked because Sammy and Priest matchup we haven't seen because they've been on different shows. They're still on different shows. So I didn't mind that. So again, like I didn't, I thought this was probably one of the better segments of the show. It's just like, it's that nonsensical shit. It's like Apollo Crews came out to tell him he wasn't like, it just, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. It's WWE. So yeah, I, I definitely don't know what to think of it because I mean, Obviously, Sammy loses quickly with the big L. It was a good match. But, like, we we both know that Cruz is not going to beat Damian Priest. No, he's in it. I don't mind him as, like, I think that'll be a fun match. I don't mind it as, like, a mini feud until they figure out what the next big one for Priest. Because, I mean, Apollo showed last year, like, he's he's good. Like he's, he's, he's found his groove and he can be a staple in that mid card. So I don't mind it. And it's also like, like Priest, they still have him teetering. But I think in the ring they'll have a good match together. But it was just like this segment. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> okay, 
Cool. Uh, that big giant metal Q-tip doesn't help either. That Aziz carries around. It makes me think there's a lot of wax in their ears. I don't know. It's weird. I'm an odd duck. Hey. What can I say? Anything else that's got you hot and bothered under the collar, JC? No, I'm, I'm good to get hopeful. Would you like to go hopeful? Let's go. Let's do it. Glorious. I'll kick off this week, WrestleMania, because I have one prepared. Because, okay. you know, speaking of the mid-card, I think Priest has, you know, he's been pretty active as a champion for the most part. He's had quite a few defenses. He's on TV pretty much every week doing good stuff. Whereas I look at SmackDown, it's like Nakamura hasn't really defended that title at all since he won it pretty much. I think it's like once since he won it back or whatever. And it's just like, you know, it's the uh, Intercontinental title has always been like my closet favorite title because it's, it represented like a wrestling title to me or like the next young up and coming star or really established star who's trying to refine his groove and have like some great reigns. And it's just, it's become more of like Nakamura's actual title is Boogs because they've just been trying to elevate Boogs for months, but it's just like for Nakamura is a prop to Boogs. And then the pro, then the Intercontinental title is a prop on Nakamura. Something it's one of those things. It's like Boogs and Nakamura to be over as an act and come out every week and have McAfee dance and the crowd be happy. They don't need the Intercontinental title, especially if you're not going to let Nakamura do what he does best. And that's wrestle matches. So I'm thinking it's like, you know what? I'm looking at SmackDown, and obviously, you know, it seems like Happy Corbin could be the guy to take it off him. That's kind of where I think we're headed. But to me, there's someone else on that roster who has been doing great work and is, again, falls in that underrated category. One of the most underrated superstars in the company, and that is, to me, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. I think him as Intercontinental Champion, I think he could have a great reign because his character work, like the past year or so, has been great. No matter how they, he's one of those guys where it's just no matter what situation they put him in, I thought he succeeded, even though the retribution fucking sucked. It wasn't for him not trying. And what he's done since then, I thought like his stuff with Mansoor was fantastic. But I just think he would be a perfect intercontinental champion for me. And then he could go out there and he could have these good matches. And then whoever beats him, I think, could be elevated. Who knows? It could be Mansoor and a long story, more long-term storyline getting over Ali. But to me, I would just like to see that. I think the guy deserves it. He's obviously proven. He's a staple in that mid-card for WWE. And I think on SmackDown, he could have a lot of good challenges and a lot of good feuds. So to me, that's my hope, is that Ali beats Nakamura sooner rather than later for the IC title. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Yeah, look, you know, I'm, I agree with you on that for most part, but uh, I, I think I like, I think I like Nakamura sometimes. I, I like the Boogs package, you know. They don't wrestle though. He doesn't defend the title. He doesn't need it. I don't know. I, I, I don't mind it as much personally. You don't mind. So you don't mind that the title hasn't been defended in like three months. I mean, I think it. I, I think you could do it without the title. I mean, you're right. Exactly. That's but, what I mean. But I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to my hope. The more I saw this on uh, on SmackDown, the more I thought, yeah, I want this kind of thing. So you have they're, they're kind of positioning Jeff Hardy, right? Like they're making it. We know that Jeff Hardy has kind of got that last whimper left to really pull it out. I think Jeff Hardy's the last. As I look at everything on SmackDown, the last big baby face right now for Roman Reigns. Easy Royal Rumble. Easy something maybe after WrestleMania kind of thing to get that, you know, started. But I want to see Roman Reigns smash him so bad the first time that he does, in fact, go to Willow. I think that everybody could to really, really appreciate it. I think you could get Jeff Hardy is the type of person for me when I when I look at him as much as I don't like him. I know his value and I think you can get that twofer here like a demon Finn Balor feeling you beat him once before it wasn't good enough and now he does this willow thing I think by doing that Jeff Hardy can introduce us into a world of of different things in his brain so for me I am hopeful that Jeff Hardy not only gets his title shot but he at least gets two and we see willow because when I look at that face paint changing and you can tell it's more willowish kind of looking it, it, yeah it's 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 kind of there like he's he, by his own he's trying to get them to do it and I think the WWE loves being able to, to, to milk it anyway. Um, it, it is a hard character to sell, I will say, from what I've seen in Impact. But I think that driving, if you could find a storyline where Roman Reigns beats Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy gets to the point of like, oh, is Jeff Hardy on a losing streak? Is Jeff Hardy in a tailspin? Is he going to go back to substance abuse? But instead, 
you get to a point where he just goes fucking nuts, you know, and he goes into like a mental institution or something. You can do all that kind of cool stuff. Meanwhile, you know, when Reigns keeps stacking them and, and smashing them and all the other shit that he does. And then you get this weird presentation where you can fuck with Roman Reigns without wrestling again in this Willow thing. And I, I, I'm, I'm all in on it. And I think you got to just pull the trigger because I don't think his contract's much longer. I really don't. Uh, it's tough with him because they pause when guys are injured. So with him, like, it's just with how many times he's been out, we just, it's, I, I It could be WrestleMania. Anything. It could be even before. I don't know. But I think, it could be even longer, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I look at that, and I'm in, JC. I think that I would be ready, set, go for this thing. And Jeff Hardy is a perfect notch on the belt. Two times over for Roman Reigns. Agreed. I think it's a huge, that is, that, is a, that is a one that everybody will watch with a microscope because Roman Reigns will be a great heel and the whole crowd will be against Jeff. I mean, they'll all be against Roman Reigns, but they'll be for Jeff Hardy. They already are. So I'm excited. I think it's going to happen. And you just look at everybody else on SmackDown. There's nobody else, in my opinion. It's just Mac. It's him and Mac. And I think those, because when you looked at it, it's like, we talked by the end of before the draft, it was like Reigns has run through everyone. But so like when you bring over a guy like Hardy and a guy like McIntyre, it's like, all right, these are two guys for Roman Reigns to fight. So obviously he's fin- I think he's going to finish up with Woods first. I don't know if they're done yet, but I could honestly, I think I I don't think Roman Reigns versus Jeff Hardy at the Royal Rumble is too far fetched. I think that'd be a good Royal Rumble feud. It'd be a really good match to have next to the Royal Rumble. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm set. I'm ready to go, baby. I'm, I'm I, you know, honestly, and on top of that, Shinsuke, not that he's going to do it, but like, Shinsuke versus Roman Reigns would be. I know they, they did, did that. Uh, they did do that to tribute the troops. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean that that nobody watched that. I say that but oh, I didn't watch. Man, it. I was gonna say the ratings were like better than some Raws. Sure, I didn't watch it. Let's put well, it that way. But yeah, yeah so. it is what it is. All right, not so many. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, I have a good one this week, and that is famous. Came back on SmackDown as we kind of predicted last week and joined Team SmackDown. He's got a sidekick now with Ridge Holland. Um, he won a spot on the Survivor Series team. I thought he was uh, probably one of the highlights of the Survivor Series match because Sheamus makes the most of everything he's in. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to have the fella back. I'm excited for this pairing with Ridge Holland because I think it's different. And I like that they're starting the feud with Cesaro and they're making all these bar references. And I love, like, I think we talked about on the pay-per-view, I said, like, the little neon sign. Like, I loved it. It was kind of like the little the little lights, the dim lit, like, fluorescent neon you see in a bar. So, it's like, I kind of like this new presentation he has. It's one of those things. Seamus is another guy that always has these little tweaks that just, like, it makes him better and better. So, and, and again, he's just, he's solid. He's consistent. He doesn't, Seamus doesn't really have bad segments or matches. So, I'm excited to have him back in the mix. Ridge Holland, Ridge Holiday, whatever the hell they call him. I don't fucking know. But anyway. Ridge Holland. I know. Ridge Holland from England, which they said he was an Irishman. Thanks, Pat McAfee. Uh, that was McAfee. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I, I'm excited for this because I think that Seamus is the perfect person to mentor somebody. Like he's, yes. He is the, he's the type of person to be like, not that Ridge has any redeeming qualities whatsoever, but he's so two-dimensional right now. He's a cookie cutter kind of thing. And I think if he, he, he sits under the Seamus learning tree, it could only be- benefit him because we all have been closet Seamus fans forever, but now we're kind of just out of it. But like it is, it is so much more of an appreciation for the guy. And I think if Ridge Holland is going to last, he needs to just go all in on something. You know, he, he, he eventually has to, you know, I, I just think that it's 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 a perfect placement for him. And I can see those tag titles going on them eventually. Yeah, I think they got big plans for Ridge. And I think it's one of those things. Like, we kind of saw it happen a little bit in NXT. It's like, he's a new guy. And he clearly, he needs someone by his side because he isn't going to be able to carry promos by himself. That's why I think they had him with Pete Dunne. Then the main roster, like, we really like him, but we're going to put him with Sheamus. So, it's like you said, I think it's a slam dunk. It's, that's how, if you look back over the years, when you introduce younger stars, you usually pair them with a vet. Like sometimes they get stables, whether it's like legacy, like Randy Orton, but it's like, if you have a guy that you really like and you see as a future big star, pair him with someone coming in. So they're not out there just like flopping in the wind by themselves. It's a good comeback. Not as good as my comeback. Ladies and gentlemen, my comeback goes to Dana Brooke. Oh my God. Yeah. Future Hall of Famer winning her very first championship, the 24-7 championship. I could not be more excited for Dana Brooke. She won, and her Minnesota mom accent at the end said, I'm going to show people what I'm really about. And I went, I'm all in. I love it. I'm so excited for her. You are not all in. She's not a future Hall of Famer. And that fucking promo, I don't like to shout people's promos, but my God, 
my god that was like it was the most robotic bit it was it was tough it was bad i just like whatever Listen, I'm, again I i'm never gonna shit on someone for having having a moment i'm happy for i love that my boy cedric won it again before and that cedric I lost to it, a woman uh that apparently who they cares can't, here's the thing who cares here's the thing the, the, here's what i don't understand it was okay for her to pin him and now it's like well what the fuck do we do well, like, I think it was that one of those was weird. Things, but they, but they, I, all, they all thought that, but she's gonna get pinned eventually. No, I know, because, but it was I mean, just weird. Carmella's held the title. Kelly Kelly is probably the best twenty four seven champion. Has Shut held the, the title. fuck up! And they you. got pinned at some point. So, but I like it's one of those things. It's like, hey, Dana Brooks, there, they're paying her. She's in a lot of these scenes. It's like she's not your enemy. Yeah, it, might, it makes sense to have her on TV, but it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I listen, listen. Like, here's here's Dana the thing. Brooke. Reggie has Reggie has left the dolphin, in my opinion. Cedric was there as a good little you know buffer. But at least there's, here's the thing. As much as I hate the 24-7 championship and I think it should be retired, we've talked about this, I'm looking at it like I'm interested with what, where the hell they're going to go with Dana Brooke because I'm not. It's it's something. I, great. It's something. Great. great. I can't believe you're just you're out of you're out of your left field here on this one. We're going to go to the big finish <laughs> and we're going to get to probably the two best wrestling shows of the week, and that's NXT and AEW Dynamite. Um, but first, you should go to jobberknocker.com and uh, check out all the great articles, including NXT Bar Boy Dom, AEW, by the Joe Stopper, because those guys are the best in the biz. Uh, check out all our great shit. A lot of good stuff in the archives there. We mentioned off the top, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever deals. Like, check that shit out. Now's the time to get the merch and uh, get your family fitted for everything. So do that. Uh, five stars, five flames on all podcasting platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at jobberknocker. The staff's Twitters are in the uh, comment section of the description of this podcast. So follow and uh, tweet at us because we appreciate it. But Nestlemania, would you like to start with NXT or AEW? It is Tuesday. I think it's time for NXT. 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 And honestly, Nestlemania, this is a fucking really, really good card. Starting with the main event where Carmelo Hayes, who I hear doesn't miss, defends the title against Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne and Nestlemania. You want to talk about a wrestle boner? Well, I think a lot of people have one for this match. Listen, I, I mean, I can't, I, I can't say enough good things about Carmelo Hayes as a person. So, I mean, I'm excited for him whether he wins or loses. This is a huge moment for him. Pete Dunne is always fun to watch. And he's got that, like, scowl, that that's weird, like, face thing that he does. Looks like he got hit by a frying pan, you know? And then there's, you know, Johnny Gargano, Papa John. So, you know, TJ is going to be excited. I'm going to be excited. And uh, whoever likes uh, Pete Dunne is going to be excited. I don't know who. I was going to say, Nestlemania, um, and I know TJ is going to like this. To me, Johnny Gargano, Sami Zayn of NXT. He literally can do it all, and he has done it all. And I honestly, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, we know his contract's up soon. I would like to see him stay within this company because I think whether it's in NXT or on the main roster, I think he's a guy that makes the most out of what he's given. And I think that's a far different, much like Sami Zayn was he was signed. We've seen that change because he was very one-dimensional when he first came. So I love to see it. But also on this card, we have the guy he's always going to be synonymous with, Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion, taking on Grayson Walla. He's not for me. I got. I look at Grayson Waller. I liked him at first, but they kind of ruined him with this LA Knight storyline. Now they both kind of feel like losers. I just I look at LA Knight and I'm like, why the fuck are you still in NXT? Like, why you? you to me, weird. he is so good. He is a Vince McMahon. Like, he is a Vince McMahon guy. Like, you look at that and you're like, Vince McMahon is gonna go. Ah, oh, yeah. Like he he just likes. Well, that's it. what scares me is maybe Vince doesn't like him yet, or maybe he feels like he has too many of those guys in the main roster, which you know. Maybe he does, but I don't think he could do honest to God. I mean, if you watch Impact, you know, when he was, you know, over there and he had the facts of life, like he just, he can talk. And I know he's very Miz-like, but he's got a better look to him. Be able to throw him on SmackDown. Let him have the IC championship. He'd be great. He's a million dollar champion. He's a, he's literally a megastar. When I look at that, I, I'm like, not that I'm a huge fan of the guy. He just looks like a star. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I think he's great, but, but, but I think Grayson, he's one of those guys. I think he's a mid-year call-up next year. So Grayson Waller or Lawler, whatever the fuck his name is, I know he's got the fucking MMA or boxing or whatever background. I like him in the ring, but yeah. the character is fucking weird right now. I think it's hard because 
they don't know what exactly. It, here's like we've made this joke, you and I, because Billy originally made the joke about how there's no transitions in a certain job we were at. It was just boom, smack, we're moving on. This is how I feel when I watch NXT. Sometimes there's no intricate like weaving. It's just more of like, and now we're on to sex with fucking shaky guy. What the, the fucking what's his name? Solo or whatever with that uh, Alexander Lopez. Oh, uh, whatever. I can't yeah. remember her name. Electra Lopez. Electra Lopez yeah. and Zion Quinn. Yeah, Zion. I can't remember half these fucking names, but like. There's sex over here, we whatever is going on, and then there's like over here we have the wrestling, and then we have fucking somebody's married over here, and then there's an A title. Like I get that they're doing it, but there's so much of a like splat. Like it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't work for me. I I like a lot of it, but I do think the Waller night stuff has been one of the weaknesses. But something that has not been a weakness, and that is who this next match. You want to talk about a JC special? The NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose is taking on the new. The young skateboarding sensation, Cora Jade. She's going to gobble her ass up. That's what she's going to do. She's going to beat her in like two minutes. I hope. I, I think they might give this a little bit of time, but I'm assuming there's going to be some match chicanery because as we know, War Games is pretty much set for the women's. It is Toxic Attraction, Dakota Guy versus Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, and TBD. So my guess is there's going to be some run-ins here. I would think so, and I think uh, Toxic Attraction is, is going to reign supreme. At, at uh, It just looks like a visual that you need to have. They're, they're the, them and Carmelo Hayes, I think, are the faces of NXT right now. Like they are, the, they are the ones that have been nothing but hits since the NXT 2.0. But we have one more match to talk about in WrestleMania, and that is an uh, two young tag teams, uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada, who actually won a uh, handicap match by herself last week, taking on... The I guess they're like party rave girls now. My girls, Casey and Caden, the little balls of fire. Yeah, I can't, I can't get behind those two. I don't know what it is, but I, I love Persia. I'm starting to like Persia. I like Persia, too. There's something about her that I look at her and I'm like, yeah, give me more Beth of that. Phoenix also likes, she's a big fan of Persia and Cora Jade, so I like that. I, I like it because when I look at her, I'm like, not only can she move, her footwork's great, but she's believable. That's what yeah. I'm missing with a lot of the yep. young women that I watch on NXT, or just in general. The believability is very hard to, to, to overcome. And she, I look at her and I'm like, all right, I could fucking believe her. So yeah. hopefully the sky's the limit piece. for her. She, the last week was like by Indy having to go whatever with Dexter was like, all right, Persia Parada, here's your coming out party. Go out and just show off your fucking moves. And she was dominant. Loved it. That's it for NXT that we know. I'm excited to watch that. Check out our boys Dom's article. Um, we head to AEW Dynamite, which is in Chicago, and WrestleMania. I'll be honest. I'll be honest because for the crowd's going to be fucking amazing for this. But three of the four matches we're about to talk about, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? I'm going to start out with the one match that I care about in AEW this week, and that is Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter and what I think will be a super hot fire spectacle in the TBS tourney. I expect Rosa to win, but I'm a big fan of Hayter in the ring, so I think this one's going to be good. Yeah, the more I look at it, I think Rosa is going to be, you know, losing effort to Jade Cargill overall. Like, yep. if I had to put, like that's where she's headed, so I obviously picked Thunder Rosa. Jamie Hayter is a great little foil, you know, if she can try to play that. But I, I don't know exactly how I feel going forward because Rosa is better for the DMD. But in the process, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's hard. I think you... I think that sets this kind of starts to lay that groundwork back again is by having her face one of the DMD's henchmen. And I think you are spot on. I think I expect Jade to defeat Rosa, and then I expect Jade to defeat uh, Ruby Soho, most likely in the finals, and be crowned that bitch show champion because that's what we all want. There's a that's presentation to her, Jade Cargo. Uh, yeah, it's but one it, of the best presentations. She's so good. The matches are well, weird. Well, that's, but. again, it's one of those things I think we've talked about this before where AEW doesn't have that developmental as much. And, I mean, you just, she has all the star qualities. It's, it's kind of like Bianca when she first came on our screen. It's like you're looking at her, you're like, this girl's going to be a fucking star. A lot of work to do between those ropes, and that's the same true of Jade Cargill. But if anything we've seen with her, her work ethic seems pretty elite, so I think she's going to get there. But I think having her be a dominant, I guess you call it the mid-card women's champion over there, I think is the perfect start for her because – she doesn't lose, so you might as well hold her a title. So when eventually does lose, it's a big deal. But Nestle, man, we gotta get to rest of the card. And uh, your favorite type of match, not a six-man tag, but an eight-man tag. Andrade Alidolo, Alistair Black, or fuck, Malachi Black, FTR taking on Cody, Pac, and the Lucha Bros. I know you're pumped for this one. 
doesn't even want to comment on the eight man tag. It has eight of my favorite people, but I don't give a fuck. Next up, you want to talk about not giving a fuck. They're really, they're really testing me this week with the CM Punk and Brian Danielson matches. We'll start with the Brian Danielson matchup. He's taking on Colt Cabana. So for the B, I look at it this way, right? Like it's it's hard because I just I love Colt Cabana. I think he's wonderful. I think that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever you want to say, I'm just gonna say Brian again. Yeah, Brian, Brian. Brian's Brian's good enough. It's, it's the it's the the common denominator. Uh, it, it's hard because you want him to do well, but I think also it, it is important to know that he's bringing people up with him. So Cole Cabana in Chicago, it'll make a lot of sense. I think people will enjoy it. I think we'll be pleasantly surprised, at least for, for somebody like you that doesn't really care. You know, so I think it'll be. I, good. I just Cole Cabana does nothing for me in terms of like in the rain or whatever, and with the dark order, it does nothing for me. But I think that this honestly, this is better booked than the next one because it's like. You're in Cole Cabana's hometown of Chicago. You're trying to get Brian over as the mega heel to feud with Heyman. So why not have the hometown boy go out? You should get a reaction for him and get a negative reaction for Brian. And he's obviously going to run through the entire Dark Order before he gets to Heyman. So this one makes a little more sense on just like some of these matchups. It's like you just can't make me care about the other side. And that's equally true of this next one, which, again, I know why they're doing it. Because you're taking over the most overact in CM Punk in his fucking hometown, taking on... I'm going to spoil it right now. A nominee for the Knocker Award oh. of the worst thing of 2021, QT fucking Marshall. No one wants this. But again, like I, the crowd is going to be fucking amazing for this. But I just like, God, get this guy out of my face. I look at it like this. As stupid as it is, I don't know why, but when I saw the promo, I went, this crowd... It's going to be incredible. Going to go nuclear on him. And honestly, it's like you're hate watching it anyway. So I think it'll be an experience. I think I look at it like as much as I love punk, I'm looking at it like, well, he's just going to do his fucking song and dance, tap dance and whatever. But I'm looking squash, honestly. I I should be. But I think I'm more excited with the fact that it's going to be a it's it's an atmosphere more than anything. But more importantly, I think. MJF is going to have something to play at the end of this. And that's oh, where, I'm, that's where that, I'm more I excited mean, about. We can talk about that quickly if you want, because this is something I believe right when they signed Punk, it was like my first hope. I'm like, I want MJF Punk. This is what I want. And I like that they've kind of built towards, and I think they're going to really slow play it because you have Spears and Wardlow who make sense of matches for Punk along the way. So, I mean, I think this, this feud... Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. It's going to be good. And obviously, yes, they're going to get him out there. QT's just like the appetizer to kind of get things going. But, oh, man, MJF Punk. I can't I can't put it over more because this is something I've wanted more than anything. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think it will exceed everybody's expectations. So, is that also, it? I, got, I don't see anything else booked as of yet. They might add some something today. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's a lot of shit to talk about. We will be back next week with more. Jobber knockery. Yeah, we will. <laughs>